Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Hall, psychology student, wife, and mama four. On this podcast, I share helpful life tips and stories from inspirational women. Warning, sometimes we chat about taboo topics and drop some F-bombs. Thank you for tuning in with me today. Enjoy the episode. everyone. Today I'm here with Lona. As a doctor of chiropractic and a healer for over a decade, Dr. Lona Cook walks her talk. She has, has seen thousands of patients and spent countless hours studying holistic healing modalities as a way of providing results that not only help patients' health, but impact their whole life. Dr. Lona is the author of Reclamation, the evolution of a hot mess. Well, I say I'm a hot mess all the time, so I can relate to that. <laughs> uh, she uses her life as a tool to teach others how to heal from the inside out and recognize their own innate intuitive guidance system. I love talking, or Lona talk, loves talking about how our internal experience and external experience in our bodies and world are connect- connected. So everyone, if you can hear small humans, <laughs> You know, it, it, that's, that's life, right? That's life as a mom. I know sometimes I swear people can, I can hear it when I record and my children are home and they're running through the hallway and I can hear it myself. And I'm like, I don't know if anybody else can hear that, but those are my children. Uh, so Lona, thank you, get you it. for, yeah. yeah, I get it. I, I have four of them. I mean, oh, but yes. I, they're not small anymore. And they're like 10, 10, 12 and 18. So, but like the 10 year olds just don't get it. And they're like yelling at each other in the hallway. And I'm like, I am doing a podcast can you please stop <laughs> um so welcome to the podcast today yes thanks for your grace today Megan uh yeah, yeah I'm sitting in our office with my friend and my one-year-old so you will probably hear him several times yes and and that, you know what that is life that is life I've yes. had to like reschedule before because I was sick like so many things happen sometimes and we just got to roll with it Totally. You know, yes. I, I was you telling you, I it's, I'm not a perfectionist and this is real life. <laughs> so I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. So I would love for you to start us out, which you said before we started the, the episode is this is like actually the start of your book. You went through something pretty traumatic. Like, can you share that with us? Sure. Yeah. And you know, what's funny is I would not, the the actual experience is not something I would chalk up as one of my traumatic experiences. There's many things that have impacted me much more than this, but I start the book with, I was in Costa Rica. This was in 2009 and I got held up at gunpoint. Um, and it was right at the end of my grad school. And so I, I share that a, because it's kind of like, you know, it's a good, it's a good hook to start the book, but also because it was literal, for me at that time, that something needed to change in my life so much so that I had a hold up on my external world that I think is, again, I, I would get into in the book, how our internal world and our external world are a match. Um, and sometimes you get a nice, strong nudge from the universe that something needs to change. So for me, it was being held up at gunpoint and my life did change pretty radically afterwards. Um, but you know, what's funny is, you know, yes. And the moment when it happened, I was kind of stunned would be the best way to explain it. You know, it would happen so quickly that I didn't have time to really integrate a lot of fear into the experience. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but it was more like I just left stunned and I didn't know, should I keep walking or should I go home? I had to go one way or the other, either way. Right. Um, and so later on when I was back to the United States, you know, I realized like that could have happened to me anywhere, you know, mm-hmm. um, it just, again, was one of those things. So I guess at the time fear wasn't really what I took in from it. It was more like, what, what the heck's going on? You know? Um, yeah. so yeah, it was, it was the beginning of me starting to look at my life from a different perspective. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, my spouse was actually held up in a uh, garage. This is before we got married uh, in a garage after he went to the movie theaters and he was coming to the garage and there was this guy and he was threatening him. And, and my spouse, like just instincts, like he had military training. So it was like instincts. He scared the crap out of the guy. The guy <laughs> But you See, know, I wish like, I would have had that. Yeah. <laughs> you just react with like whatever your instincts are, right? Like, cause yes. now you're in like fight, flight, or flee mode. Like you're mm-hmm. just like, what do I do in this moment? Totally. And so for me, I just handed over what they were after and they left, you know. So I was really lucky, obviously, that that's all that happened. Um, but I just remember looking down and there was like a gun in my left rib cage, and I was like, oh. And so I just like unloaded what I had in my pockets and on my back. And, and that was that. Yeah, nothing's more important than your life. That's what right. I've always been taught. And I'm like, you know what? You know, somebody holds me up. You want my phone. You want my wallet. I'm going to cancel those credit cards before you can even mm-hmm. have the chance to do anything with them. I never carry cash on me. So you're not getting very far. You want my wedding rings? Cool. Go on them. Like, you know, that would suck because I wouldn't want to have to replace those. But <laughs> Yeah. You know, and, and later on when I was sitting in the airport, I was talking to a vet who was, um, he was living in Costa Rica after retirement. And he had said, you know, the problem is they don't prosecute anything that's under, I think it was like a thousand or $2,000. So it's really common that these like things happen where they just steal what's on your person. So I was like, Oh, good to know. (laughs) know, Like, I guess it just was an experience I've had now. So I guess they just make the assumption that like the average person can replace a thousand or two thousand dollars worth of stuff. Something like that. Or just that maybe they don't have the manpower to deal with it either. You know. Yeah, that too. Can you imagine like how many times you have somebody that just deals like, I don't know, a hundred, two hundred dollars worth of stuff from somebody? Like right. you know. Yeah. So I, I mean it was unless a quick you, experience. Yeah, no, exactly. So that experience happened. You got back to the United States. Mm-hmm. What, what was the epiphany? What were you like? Cause you said like, I realized something's got to change. Like yep. why did something have to change? <laughs> right. So, okay. So this is, I wrote a book, the book that you introduced, which is reclamation evolution of a hot mess. I've tailored it. And it's using my own story of living where I was just very much in the like life happens to me. I, you know, don't have a lot of choice in certain matters. This is just how my life has unfolded. And I had a good life in many ways, but I also had become very unconscious in some of the decisions I was making using too much alcohol, um, you know, bad relationships, putting myself just in similar patterns over and over again Mm -hmm. that were not fulfilling, but also I just wouldn't recognize my own role in creating them. And so as I was about to graduate grad school as a chiropractor and figure out where my practice was going to go, um, I decided that 
okay, I think I'm going to go out to California. Um, that was where I thought I was supposed to go. Well, I come back from Costa Rica, still making similar choices, partying too much. I had been a bartender, et cetera. I was a bartender uh, too. <laughs> you make, you learn some things while you're bartending. And, um, what happened was, is like, I came back, the gunpoint situation happened. I was sitting in the clinic that I was doing an internship in and, it was like everything that could go wrong with my living situation out in California was starting to really go wrong. And so the woman I worked for, she was from the East coast and she had much more of a direct personality. And yeah. I think, yeah, you know, what I'm, I'm about. from the East and, coast. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Get it. And so she said, she said to me, Lona, when are you going to see that you are not meant to go to California? Like what more needs to go wrong? Because my living situation had changed out there. My relationship had changed. Like, I was just scrambling at that point. That's the best way I could put it. But I felt like I had to do it because I said I was going to do it. Yeah. And so if I had to look at my personality kind of up until that point in my life, up until when I was 25, I was like a bull in a China shop. You know, if I said I was going to do something, I was going to force it to happen. I did not usually look at collateral damage in my life mm -hmm. too intimately. Like I just assumed like, well, that's just how it is, you know? And, um, you know, there were good aspects. I usually, because I was, not afraid to do things. People generally kind of followed me because I had the energy of like, well, let's go do this, you know? <laughs> but like I said, there was a lot of um, fallout from that too at times. And so when I found myself kind of scrambling to figure out what am I going to do? I'm about to graduate the first time I'm going to be like in the real world, quote unquote, um, that I remember driving home to my parents um, I didn't know I was supposed to leave to drive out to California in the morning with my mom. I had an internship lined up out there. The doctor had done extra classes so I could come work with him. And I remember feeling like I'm a failure. I do not know what I'm supposed to do right now. Like I was crying driving on the interstate, which is also not like me. Yeah. And my mom looked at me when I got home and she's like, okay, you know, what are we doing tomorrow? And my mom and I have pretty opposite personalities. Sometimes she's much more introverted and quiet so you could tell that she was like spinning her wheels like what's going on here oh here's my little guy and um and I said I don't know if we're gonna leave and so I let myself sleep and I woke up in the morning and made a different choice so when that happened oh, when that happened it allowed me to back down which is probably one of the first times I remember like consciously saying okay normally you would just force this it's maybe time to look at something else. Mm -hmm. And so it was almost like in that squeeze or that contraction of like, mm -hmm. maybe the way I'm living isn't the best way that I gave myself a new opportunity. Um, and I stayed. And so I had to figure out an internship here. And then I ended up looking at space. I'm standing in my four walls of my practice right now that it has been open for 12 years. And it was like, all of a sudden, lots of things started to kind of like serendipitously come back into alignment. So, you know, I found myself back here in the St. Paul area and I started looking at practice space and job options and different things like that. And it ended up just being that like, again, divine timing of things started to happen. And before it was such a juxtaposition to being held up at gunpoint, having everything go wrong quote unquote wrong, actually probably right to get me in alignment with where I maybe was going to be better served, but I had to choose differently. And I think mm -hmm. that's what I had learned is that 
I never allowed myself before to take the time to really think about like, just because I've always done something a certain way doesn't mean that's how I always have to be. I think people mm-hmm. over identify with their personality sometimes and think it's on a, like they can't change it. Right. Um, and so as I've learned more, I realized that part of what changes, um, and this gets into the holistic health aspect of things is, you know, we are energy, we are our physical mm-hmm. bodies, but we are more than that. And our energy has a frequency to it or an electromagnetic pull, if you will. Um, and so when we learn how to shift our energy, which that's what the gunpoint experience and then all the stuff flying in my face had opened up for me, it opened up an energy shift. After that happened, my life really felt differently because I really was different. Um, and so, so much of what I try and help in my office now is help people figure out how to make a shift, how to change their minds a lot of times so that their physiology will also change because it's all connected. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. I can totally relate to what you're talking about. Ironically, um, I had, sometimes I write up social media posts on my phone that I'm not, I probably will never post just to get it out. Right. Um, I think about posting and then I'm like, no, not going to. And I actually wrote one up this morning about how like sometimes a memory will trigger this flood of memories of all these things I did wrong, all these things like that were, that make me angry and shamed and, you know, like sad and, you know, all of these things. And then I have to like take a step back and go like, but I'm not that person anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that was, that was not somebody else. That was me at a different point in time. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've had like a wake up call to say like, that's not you. Um, and you can't keep going down this path because you're literally going to self-destruct and cause (laughs) so much. Cause I was always one of those people that like created chaos and Mm self-destructed. And Mm -hmm. then I, I blamed everybody else but myself. And it took like a realization with my therapist that I play a part in this too. Like it wasn't like you said, you were like, I blamed everybody else. I was there too. And like, I was like, it's everybody else's problem, not my problem. Mm -hmm. And then I had to like, come to this realization, like, no, I'm part of the problem too. I can't just blame all of this on other people. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yes. Much more responsibility in that. But then the cool part is, is you're much more able to change your life. So I would agree. And, and I feel that that's such a part of all aspects of healing, physical, mental, emotional, spiritually is to recognize your own choice and your own power in how you select your internal response before, you know, you let whatever's happening outside of you dictate how your day is going to go or your week is going to go or your month is going to go so that it becomes like your life essentially. Yeah. So this, this transition didn't happen overnight. You weren't right. just like, you didn't wake up one day and be like, look, all this we're good. So mm-hmm. how did that transition happen? Like yeah. you, you start out with like, I, you know, I decided like California wasn't for me, but yep. what, what came next? Yeah. So I think when I allowed, allowed myself to make that new decision, it did start to happen really quickly that things were, I just started to notice. And maybe that's what the shift was, was before I did not pay attention to my internal state or what I was feeling. I kind of just responded, responded, responded. And what happened when 
I had to pause enough to say like, what am I going to do? You know, Mm -hmm. it was like, by not just doing the knee jerk reaction, I started to become aware of like how things felt more internally. Like it feels like I'm forcing something versus, Hey, this is coming at me pretty easily. Maybe I should pay attention to this. And I had had a mentor earlier in school, you know, and in school, I was learning a lot about, you know, more holistic things. And in Mm -hmm. school, this mentor had said to me, and at the time I didn't like it because I thought it sounded way too airy fairy, (laughs) but it was like, when life is rocky, it's a good opportunity to pay attention. And when life Mm -hmm. is flowing, you're probably on target. And, and what I, I think that means is like, I do believe we all have purpose in our life of, you know, what we're here to do as why did we get birthed in into a human body? Right. Um, and when we're not aligned with that, or maybe aligned with things that are for our higher good or our higher states, it doesn't feel good. Right. That's an internal beacon to pay attention to. Well, I hadn't had that before. I didn't have awareness to that. (laughs) Okay, Maxie. Um, so you're right. It didn't happen overnight. However, the shift did happen quickly where I started to pay attention to that. Mm -hmm. And then I got curious, like, why, why does this feel differently? You know? Um, and it was like weird stuff started to happen. Like these four walls that I'm in right now, I looked at the space, just looking at it and it was painted as a private investigator's place. So it looked like a dungeon at the time. Yeah. And, um, you know, I looked at it twice because the first time I was like, no, I can't, I don't know. I don't know what I think. And then um, it was like, you know, things like, you know, securing a business loan that everybody hears is a nightmare, especially when you have a ton of student loan debt to begin right. with, you know, it happened pretty naturally. The first bank I went to ended up being the bank I got a loan from. And then they passed things on to a local business um, collaborative, collaborative that also hands out loans and ways to help. So, and then the woman that ended up working as my assistant at first, she was someone who was going through some own changes herself and just reached out out of the blue. I did not know her and said, I hear what you're trying to do creating this clinic. I'd love to volunteer my time. And I met with her and had coffee and she was like the perfect human for the job. And so I was like, okay, that's really weird. She's like, I'll work for you for free. You don't have to pay me. I know you're just getting started. And I was like, okay, what is happening here? (laughs) So I just had to go with it because it felt so different at the time. I think if you've ever been at that point in your life where you're like bashing your head against the wall Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden something doesn't feel like that anymore. It's like, I think I like this. I think I'm going to pay attention to this. So as I started to just pause a little more and see how things felt like this feels right. Then I also started to read and learn. So, um, you know, I have mentors that helped me. I read books that were talking much more about us as like energy and our, you've probably heard of Hawkins before, depending on what you're going into, but David Hawkins work on, um, this, your states of consciousness and how Mm -hmm. that influences your reality. Um, that worked transformed me because I realized, you know, from a healing perspective, that's really important too. You know, my reality, if I'm in a pretty grounded state or a higher state is not the same reality as someone who's in fear all the time or anger all the time, you know, their reality is true too. It's just maybe not the world I'm living in. Right. And so 
um, it just helped me see how important this internal work really was to do and how powerful you can create your reality to be if you're willing to work on yourself and see your connection to everything that you're going through. Speaking of books, uh, this I'm rereading this book series and the first one, the first book is called the Celestian, uh, prophecy. Oh my uh, God. I, I love that book. Yeah, yes. <laughs> have you yes. read the whole series? Cause there's yes. like, yes, I'll have to link it. And I, I read yes. it like years ago mm-hmm. <laughs> and then now, right. Ironically now, right now I'm rereading it yes. and I, as you were talking, I was like, Oh, that just sounds just like yes. this book I'm reading. <laughs> yes. I read that book too. And then the ones that come after it and I love that book. And I love that they taught like that it is as just told as a story, you know, mm-hmm. That's kind of why I wanted to write my book. I wanted to use my own story where people can identify with like being drunk and making bad decisions and things like that. And then mm-hmm. learning like, Hey, you know, actually alcohol depresses your state. And then we wonder why our life gets crazy when we have too much of it in our system, you know? Right. Oh no. I spent my, uh, early, uh, twenties in a very drunken state as well. So I could totally relate to that where I was just like, and then I look back and I was just like, I wondered why I ended up flunking out of college my last semester. Oh, that, cause I'm like now in grad school. And I was like, how did I think when I was an undergrad the first time that I could possibly be able to finish college doing all I did, like having a social life and partying all the time. And then I look at these uh, other people in my classes and I'm like, how do they even like hold down a full-time job and do these? And then of course they're like, I only go part-time because like I'm going full-time and I was just like, um, honey, I need, I need to, to quit my job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I, can't, I can't do this. And if we want me to finish at like a decent pace, uh, cause I want to go for my PhD, uh, yeah, then, good for you. then we need to like, I need to focus on this. So I don't even know how I thought that the first time I went to college that I would even manage with all the, I don't know how you managed. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing. I think you do you manage certain things right yeah. but other things poorly right yeah. <laughs> like so yeah just like you said I, I love what you said earlier when you said like I did live that life it's just not who I am anymore you know mm-hmm. and sometimes so. I have to remind myself of that when like those memories of the past come up and then I feel like all these feelings come up with it. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not that person anymore in the last five years. I've changed dramatically, right. Much less to say in the last like 10 plus, like the last decade or so, like Mm -hmm. I am definitely a far better person today than I, I mean, I even think back to like when I married my spouse over a decade ago, I'm like, I'm not even the same person, like not even close. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And can you, can you imagine where you'll be in another 10 years, you know? Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. I keep thinking, cause you know, when you're open and you're talking about energy and stuff and being open to these experiences, if you listen and you really like open your mind and open your heart, you can learn about things that you previously had misconceptions about, Mm -hmm. but like, if you're shut off to that, you're, you're not going to learn anything. Right. Or if you want to create, you know, sadly, I do think a lot of people and, and I've done the same and there's parts of my life that are like this, where you live the same day over and over and again. Mm -hmm. And then we wonder why it doesn't feel good. I don't believe we're meant to just 
stagnate, you know? So when you find those spots that feel that way, where there's not a lot of energy there, or you're avoiding something, those are great parts of your life to go to work on, starting with, you know, internally your own response to that, um, because that's going to create transformation. Yeah. We're always learning and growing and improving. And if you're one of those people, that's not the world will pass you by as you stay in the same place. And before you know it, you'll be one of those people that is like, back in my day, this was never a thing. And you're Mm -hmm. like, but if you paid attention, you would know, like it was a thing and it transformed. And now people are more aware and all of Mm -hmm. these things, but like the person who stays stagnant was not paying attention to that. They were just staying stuck in that place and not learning, growing and improving. Right. Yeah. And, and I think also it's like, part of it is realizing we all live different truths and they're all still true. If that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah. So trying to come to terms with that, I think we've had so much of what we've been brought up in that kind of, makes us have an illusion that we have control outside of ourselves, or that we can try and manipulate others to get them to be the way we think they should be when really that's futile and leads to frustration and lower emotions. Um, so it, it takes your power away versus realizing like my power lies in working on myself and mm-hmm. my own response and figuring out boundaries and, you know, things that I actually have control over. Right. Boundaries are so important. And anybody who's been listening to the podcast a long time knows that I have a very, I had a very toxic relationship with my mom. She's very toxic to me. And I set boundaries after boundaries after boundaries that she just blew through. And eventually I came to that realization that I can't control what she does, but I can control my own life. And I completely cut her out because I was like, you don't respect me as a human. Mm-hmm. And if I want to feel good, like feel good in my life, I can't allow that negative toxics energy into it and, because she's one of those people that refuses to, to change and improve and, and in complete denial that there's any problems. Mm-hmm. And so like, sometimes as you were saying, like creating those boundaries and, 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 um, taking accountability for your own life and making the decisions that you can make because you can't change other people. Right. Yeah. And wouldn't it be so great if we knew that earlier on? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I would have spent far less time trying to, to manage other people and they have to do it in their own time. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I've talked about how my ex was a drug addict and alcoholic, but he's now been sober for almost 10 years. Um, but he didn't get sober with me. And, and right. I don't, I honestly don't think he ever would have, but he had to do that on his own time. I yep. just try as I might to like make him change and like, you know, encourage him and threatening him at times. That wasn't his choice. That wasn't his time. But when he, he made his choice and maybe like me leaving might've helped, you know, move that forward, but it it was his choice. And, you know, if we could control other people, then he would have changed when we were together. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. I do know what you mean. And, and I think that's again, the challenge. And and I think the more you try and learn some of these things, it doesn't mean life gets easier (laughs) necessarily. Um, It just is a different perspective for going through the hard stuff because there's still going to be the hard stuff. 
Yeah. But then you're looking at it as what can I do about this? Not like, oh, what do other people need to do about this? Yes. Right. And, and I think it's easier than to figure out the boundaries because you realize I'm not in control of you. I have to decide, is this good for me? Is this not good for me? When is it good for me? Yeah. <laughs> when am I choosing it? <laughs> I think a lot of people think of boundaries like this brick wall. Mm-hmm. And I try to explain that it's like a wall, but with a gate. And you get to decide who's coming into that gate and when they're coming into that gate and how. And for some people that gate's locked because like they can't respect once they get into the gate. Yeah. You know, that space. Um, so anybody listening, I don't, I mean, cause maybe they're new listeners and they haven't mm-hmm. heard me talk about this before. I want them to know like it, boundaries don't mean like it's a brick wall and nobody's allowed in. Yes. I think they're breathable. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yes. Oh, that's beautiful. And you know, I have challenges with my own mom as well, and she's really ill and I talk about it in the book some, but what I've had to realize is there are days where it's fine for me to go and be the daughter Mm -hmm. and do the things, but there's all the days where it's just, it's not. And then figuring out also the, you know, it's, it's so interesting. And I think we all have various family dynamics, but as, as you shift how you respond, everybody else is going to shift somewhat how they respond because yep. the dynamic changes across the family when one person starts to change good or bad, you know? Um, and I think that's where everything has to be breathable because life is about change. The mm-hmm. idea that we're not going to change is an illusion. So I don't yeah. know if you experienced this, but I've experienced that some people can't accept that you've changed. Mm-hmm. Not in like, oh, they are blaming you for the past, but more like you fit a certain role in their life and you no longer fit that role or mm-hmm. you're no longer will be willing to be fitting that role. And so they get angry or they just completely drop off. Like, have you, did you experience that too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess my perspective on how I try and look at some of this is well, like I said earlier, like we're electromagnetic. So mm-hmm. I do believe that, and you've probably heard of the term like law of attraction before. Yep. Um, I feel like when I learned about law of attraction originally, I thought it was like, okay, when I sit down and I goal set and I put my intention on something and don't get me wrong, it is that, but it's more than that. It's, I believe that our, the nature of us being embodied with a mind, body, spirit, creates an element of law attraction because our frequency sets out a vibration that then either responds with calibrating in a like vibration, if that makes sense. So, so when I choose to do better for myself, let's say, let's say I used to get angry all the time and now I'm in a neutral space that has a different frequency to it, different calibration how life responds to me is going to be different. So like Mm -hmm. maybe the person I used to always have anger bouts with doesn't want to be around me anymore. You know, I could choose to let that draw me back into an angered situation or just realize like we've changed. And for whatever reason, I'm not attracting that circumstance anymore. And I think that's part of it is when you start to look at how your 
powerful in creating your own experiences, then it also, you know, part of what you have to come to terms with is if I am going to make these changes, am I okay with accepting them? You know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there's like, there's literally like a death of the old version of you to create the new one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like having kids, you know, I feel like there's a death of who you were before kids. Once you have kids, you know? yeah. And as they age, you'll find that happening over and over and over again. I'm like, I am now a mom of an adult. That's a lot different than I like, you know, a a mom of like a toddler. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like as your kids age and they go through like these stages, you'll change as a mom. And I, I have so many children that I have them in like different stages. I have like elementary middle school and then adult that's out on their own. And it's really difficult back to that, like trying to control people. It's difficult to have an adult child. And you're like, I just gotta, I gotta let it go. Like you can't do anything. Like it's not even like you can guide them or set rules or any, they're just out. <laughs> I'm going to need to learn from you. Yes. Cause I can already see like, you know, it's such a different mindset. And I read something that said, like, we're not trying to raise kids. We're trying to raise adults. And yep. I try and remind myself that when I just want to like overly coddle things. <laughs> I think so. a lot of times as, as parents, we just really want to protect them. So we forget that they're autonomous be- beings and they are going to do their own thing and they're going to make their own opinions. And all we can do is share our wisdom and hope that that rubs off on them and helps them. Um, but in, they have their own journey. Uh, ultimately totally. we have to, give them the tools and, and just hope that that helps them along the way. And like, if you are a very open, um, create an open environment, a, a trusting, loving, supportive environment. I I've experienced, I mean, my daughter's only been on her own for like less than a year. I have, uh, experienced that they will ask you questions and they will come to you for things there. There are, if you create that environment. So yeah, just, they're autonomous beings. And even though we want to be like, no, don't do that. <laughs> um, we, we gotta let them go. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I can see that. I have three older stepdaughters too. And I can see my husband is very good at holding space, I think. So we're very different personalities and how we would go about it. But it's, yeah. it's fun to watch now them being older and just like, as someone who's not real maternal with them and more like the support of their father, but of just probably a positive female role in their life. Yeah. Um, you know, I just, it's, it's good because I just try and watch and learn and yeah. when they're not like maybe the ones you birthed yourself, it's a little easier to, I think, let go and see like, okay, it is what it is. You know, like we all have lessons to process. <laughs> yeah. I think that it is when you, what age you meet the kids, right? Because so my, my spouse, my middle daughter was one. So he feels like very invested in where my sister has bonus kids. And they were like, the, the oldest one was a little bit older. So she's invested, but not invested in the same way as my spouse is because he was there from like a really young age. So I think it's really like when you come along the perspective is different. 
Totally. And probably how often you have them and all. Yeah. That too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because in, in my situation, my, my girls were always with us until, um, my oldest moved out and my middle daughter decided she wanted to move with her dad and her bonus mom, which at first really hurt. And then I was just like, you know what? That's her choice. She has a journey too. And if I'm going to be, I can't be the overprotective mom that is like, no, you have to stay with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even though you wanted to, right? I yeah. did. I was yeah. so sad. Um, yeah. So as we wrap up the podcast today, uh, what is what is something or a collection of some things that you would like to leave the Inspired Women audience with? Yeah, I think nothing has made bigger impact on myself than just knowing simple tools to try and like shift my own energy so I can get myself out of ruts quicker. Um, so if, you know, a lot of what we've talked about makes sense where you're like, yeah, I can see the connection between when I get myself worked up in a negative state and then lots of things start to go wrong. That's that law of attraction piece we were talking about to, to bear witness to that in your life and then figure out what are the things that really help me do the opposite. Like, So for myself, it's like being out in nature, even just slowing down my breath for a little bit and taking some deep breaths, um, yoga for me, make a list of those things for yourself. And the next time you feel triggered or you're going back into that cycle or pattern, try to help yourself, throw yourself a life raft and start to change your state faster. You know, if before you let yourself be in anger for two hours over something, Try to Mm -hmm. cut it down to 30 minutes and see how your life changes. We all think that there's going to be some sort of like magic potion that's going to like make our life better when we hold it all within ourselves to do that by learning how to do it. Yeah. I I love the nature piece because I, so I grew up on 50 acres of land (laughs) and then we moved to Florida where we didn't, we didn't have any land. Uh, but I'd always sit in our backyard because it was up against a forest or a woods, whatever you want to call it. Um, and then uh, then I, married, I moved back up to northern New York, lots of land, then moved with my spouse. I never lived in a city before. This was awful for my energy. And I didn't realize until I moved out because it's so many people and I consider myself an empath and I'm like, all oh, this is coming in. And there was no nature really. Um, but then we moved up to Connecticut and we are renting a house on seven acres of land. And I'm like, oh yeah, okay. I'm much better now. Good again. Yeah. <laughs> yes. good. So I get that nature piece and, and, and my spouse is experiencing it now too. Cause he never lived anywhere where there was a lot of land. And he was like, well, he was very, when we moved here, he was like, I don't know about this. And now he's like, I can never live anywhere where there's not a lot of land again. I'm like, it makes a difference. It does. I'm with you. And during this, you know, we've lived in chaos sort of the last two years. I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't care where you are. There's a lot of erratic energy and trying to understand what's happening, you know, to get yourself grounded, which nature is a really wonderful place to do that because it's pretty easy to feel different. Even with kids, you know, if he's melting, having an issue and I put him in water or go outside, it changes so quick, you know, yeah. we're the same. <laughs> so we just have to do it for ourselves. No one's going to tug us out there usually. Um, so yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah. When my kids are like, you know, they haven't been out in a while or they're like having a hard time more like just go outside and play. And at first they're like, no, I don't want to. I'm like, oh yeah, just go 
couple hours, you'll be fine. And then they come in and they're smiling and they're laughing and they're having a good time. And I'm like, I told you just go outside, have some fresh air. (laughs) So good for all of us, no matter our age. Well, Lona, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Oh, thanks for having me, Megan. And thanks for letting Max be on it too. (laughs) Thank you for being a part of the Inspired Women audience. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating review. And don't forget to share this out with somebody who could use some inspiration today. Tag us at Inspired Women Podcast, both on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day.